Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Ford. This week, I'm so happy to be joined by actress Tanya Reynolds, who you'll probably know most from her role as Lily, who is just dying for the ride in sex education on Netflix. It's coming back to Netflix early next year for season two, so you'll see her there, and she's got a lot of upcoming work in the pipeline that is all very exciting. But we have really brilliant chats about her experience of anxiety and Tanya was just so incredibly open and willing to be vulnerable with me and talk about all of the insecurities that are so common to us all and I know that you'll find it useful and also reassuring um, in that she says, you know what, there's just got to be room in the world for people like us and we don't need to be something else. So there you have it. If you want to get the books, I'll put the link for Amazon in the podcast description and that's it. Enjoy. Thank you as always for subscribing and reviewing. I'm absolutely so thrilled and a little bit starstruck to be joined here by Tanya Reynolds, my favourite star of Sex Education, which was just an incredible show on Netflix. And I'm delighted. It's not a secret that it's coming back for season two, is it? No. This is not an exclusive (laughs) on Caroline Foran's podcast. So we got to chatting over Instagram. You Mm. somehow stumbled upon my podcast. Yeah. How did you find it? I think it was because of Amber, Amber Anderson, who I I was doing a film with her and she had spoken about it and she'd po- I think she posted about it on Instagram as well and I listened to it and just thought it was great Thank you. and um yeah the, I the one recently about social media was so so useful yeah um oh that's so. you know what that's so nice to hear because you're you're on your own at home recording yeah this is my first time doing it in a proper studio um <laughs> so you're you're getting treated to that luxury and you just think at best you know my mom might listen to it yeah. my, my some of my friends who have anxiety actually a lot of my friends don't even listen to it because they've like we've heard it all from you before <laughs> so it's really nice to know that it's reaching people and to reach someone like yourself who would have influence and people will listen to is you know just spreading the kind of owning a message which is hmm. my goal overall so thank you so much for for like getting in touch with me and I feel like once I get talking to someone who says that they're anxious, I feel like I've known them my whole life. Yeah. Two, like, two little anxious Annies. It's like um, a part of a little anxious club. Yeah. <laughs> so your character in Sex Education, she's, so, we've just, we're talking about this before we were recording. She's so unbelievably sure of herself mm. and confident. Was that liberating for you to play as someone who has anxiety and is quite self-conscious, as you said yourself? Yeah, like really liberating, like... Because she is so, like we said, she's so unselfconscious, and I don't think that she experiences anxiety, like at least not in the way that we do. I don't think she's an anxious person at all. She just loves herself, and she's so, so sure of herself, but is still, um, she's still an introvert. Like she's mm. not like um, often characters that are that are supposed to be self-assured and confident a very extroverted and very brash and very loud and she's still not any of those things she's still very introverted but she's and she's in her own world 
but she loves her own world and she's really happy there and she has no interest in being part of anyone's clique or... Yeah. She just wants to have sex. She just wants <laughs> to have sex. <laughs> she just wants a bit of D. Yeah. Um, but she... That's so liberating to play because I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I'm so, so anxious. I'm so self-conscious and... But it's been great to play someone who isn't any of those things but still kind of maintain my own introversion because I am obviously incredibly yeah. introverted. And and when you step into her shoes as the character, do you feel like you obviously have to become her in the moment that you're playing her? So did you, you obviously don't feel any anxiety when you're doing it, do you? Because you're so engrossed. When I'm, yeah, when I'm being her, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm being her. Like, and she has like such a specific breath and body and voice for me and it's I mean it's part of the reason why I love acting and why I always have is because it's like a chance to be somebody else and even though you bring so much of yourself to the characters you play like that escapism is just like the best yeah drug and the scene in which Otis has a panic attack on the floor I think I remember watching some videos about the guys talking about it um, in promoting the the show that they thought it was going to be like a funny scene but actually it was really emotional to Mm. because that's a very real thing that people have so for you was that very real to to watch the character for him um, and for your character to be like what's wrong with you yeah I think I think definitely and I think as well like Lily's response to it because often when people have panic attacks, I think a lot of people don't really know what is happening and yeah. don't know what it is. And um, it is kind of alarming and you get people kind of going like, what? Yeah. Are you just being overdramatic? Or are you like And then that perpetuates even more. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I can't say that I've experienced it, panic attacks that severely. Mm. But again, it's something that has a real self-consciousness about it. Like you feel the panic rising and I kind of feel like, oh, I don't want to panic here. I don't want people to see that because they'll just think that I'm, you know, being attention seeking or like overreacting or whatever. And So the benefits of acting gives you that you can step into the escapism, step into a role that's someone who isn't you and Mm. step outside of yourself for a while. I think that's probably like the draw for most people who act, I'm sure. But there's obviously then some downsides for someone with anxiety because it's quite um, fickle and up in the air and there's no, you don't necessarily know where you're going to be this time next year or next week. Or mm. So do you find that it's sort of, you have to take the good with the bad? Yeah, like one of the very difficult things about this career path is that there is, you have no control, very little, very little control over everything. And that is, for me, that is my main source of anxiety is mm-hmm. not having control. And I've tried ever since I was little to have so much control over where my life is going and how... I'm being perceived and whatever and what I'm doing and I like to know exactly what I'm where I'm going and where I'll be next week or whatever but you can't have that in this job and I've only been working for the last three four years and um, that's something that I'm trying to learn to accept that I haven't quite been able to relinquish Mm. just yet that control but um and is the fact that things are going well and you're getting these roles and you're prominent and we're seeing your face and from the outside looking in anyway it certainly seems like if you decided to go down the career path of being an actor it's working for you and it's happening Mm. for you does that ease the anxiety in that it helps a sense of feeling like oh is this working out or not or no (laughs) no like no (laughs) it sounds ridiculous and I know that it kind of feels ridiculous but I don't um you just don't, I think with everybody, like you you don't see yourself the way that other people see you. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it's really common with, with all actors, but I mean, particularly um, actors with anxiety, but every actor kind of doesn't feel like they're doing enough and doesn't yeah. feel like they're working out. And um, yeah, I don't, I never feel like I'm, kind of going anywhere I always feel like I'm I su- not- yeah I suppose because every new role is completely new uncharted yeah. territory so you're kind of back to the beginning again of like yeah f- having to feel like am I good enough for this yeah so that must be a constant challenge as well yeah and with every role it's I mean you when you're not working you're terrified that you're never going to work and then you <laughs> get a job and you're happy for like five seconds <laughs> and then 
then comes the anxiety of, oh my God, I've got to do it. What if I'm shit? What if I can't do it? What if I get sacked? Mm. Um, what if I'm awful? This What if this ruins my career? Like, it's just never, for me, just never ending anxiety. And I thought it would get easier as I got older. Mm. And in some ways it is a little bit, but it's, I'm still kind of, it's getting easier in that I'm really aware of it. And I'm aware that so much of, so much of it is anxiety and so much of that is not real Mm -hmm. but I'm still I'm not nowhere near expert in handling it and I still don't feel I still feel incredibly insecure and Mm. um, self-conscious and like and work-wise you talked there about imagining you know what if it all goes to shit what is the worst case scenario for you have you like do you let yourself think about what's the worst case scenario just is it being out of work oh my god yeah I live in the worst case scenario like yeah. that is where <laughs> my, I just live in it um I as in like I just am constantly fearing it worst case would just be not yeah not working mm. because that's it's just all and with so many actors like we do it because we fucking love it like yeah. it is just the best thing to be able to tell stories and mm. be interesting characters and it's the best thing in the world and you it is it comes at a price because you know you get these amazing opportunities like sex education um and the price that you pay for for doing for being in this career and being open to doing jobs like that is that you risk you know yeah never working or like you risk criticism you risk not yeah. knowing where your next paycheck's going to come from like it's just yeah it's hugely stressful but also rewarding if it if it works out for you yeah. so take me back to um Tanya as a kid <laughs> have you ever known yourself not to be anxious was there something that brought it about for you or has it just always been in your dna um i think that i definitely when i was a teenager when i was young i definitely experienced it but didn't know what it was i don't think i I didn't know what it was until a counsellor at university said what it was. Okay. And when I was a child, like when I was really little, I don't think I was anxious at all. Like, I don't think I had an anxious bone in my body. I was really, really, like, happy and excitable and loud and brash and annoying Mm -hmm. and (laughs) um, just, like, this irritating little theatre kid. And then I got to secondary school. So, like, you're, what, like, 11 Mm -hmm. at secondary school? And I think that's where everything just kind of went a bit to shit. Yeah. Because I just, I was just so, I mean, I didn't know at the time. At the time, I just felt really weird and like I didn't fit in anywhere and that everybody hated me and that I was ugly and stupid and Mm. not very talented. And Whereas now I know that that was so much of that was anxiety. I mean, I I didn't have a great time. Kids, kids are kids can be assholes assholes. (laughs) I hated the first year or so until I found my confidence as well but I think that's probably common to everyone who isn't the popular kid yeah yeah if you're just kind of not I don't know I mean I've never quite it's something that I've always kind of struggled with because my social anxiety is is one of the most difficult Mm. parts of my anxiety so I've never really I've always kind of struggled to fit in anywhere Mm -hmm. because I'm just not socially blessed Um, (laughs) and at school as much as that was the case and as much as there were you know kids you know that weren't nice and I was you know picked on like everyone who's not popular is picked on but um it was just so magnified in my own head and I can now look back and see that as much as that was going on it probably wasn't as bad as it Mm. was in my head and that that was that was anxiety and that you know I would walk into a room and if the atmosphere was awkward, I i mean, I still do. I think that it's my responsibility yeah. oh, that I'm too. the one making yeah. it awkward. If people are laughing in a corner, I assume they're laughing about me. Do you find that if someone's in a bad mood, you think, yeah. oh, I've, I'm the reason they're in the bad mood? Yeah. Absolutely. It's absolutely 100%. exhausting, isn't it? Yeah. Even if I've never met them before. Yeah. And they just are quite rude. I'm like, oh, what did I do? I know. And so much of that is, unfortunately, it's so being so hard on ourselves. And that's anxiety that, you know, it's pressure that's coming not necessarily from our social group, but from mm. entirely from us. Yeah. So how did anxiety manifest for you? Apart from the thoughts that you're not good enough or you're not cool enough, you don't fit in. Did you feel like, did you have any symptoms of anxiety? Um, I think that I really started to experience physical symptoms again not knowing what they were when I was 
in when I was like a in my late teens, mm-hmm. um, I would like in shopping centers, for example, I or like restaurants or places that were busy and loud and kind of with lots of fluorescent lights, I would get really, really dizzy. And um, this happened a lot. And even if I was just like with my mom, just walking through a shopping center, I would all of a sudden come over really, really dizzy and have to sit down. And like, obviously I went to the doctor a lot about it. And they never connected the dots? No, and nothing was wrong. Like they, they never found anything like that was wrong with me. It was, but then no one really said anxiety either. Um, and it wasn't until like much later in life when I was diagnosed and then I realized, oh, that's what that was. That's what so much of that was. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger as well, I had, um, I mean, it's not so bad now, but when I was particularly, a te- again, like late teens, I had really bad health anxiety, like mm. really, really almost crippling. And did that come from something? I have no idea where that came from, really. Um, I, I mean, there are so many layers to it and I'm sure I I do know the reason deep down but like I became really convinced around the age of oh I don't know maybe 19 20 that I had a a blood clot in my leg like Mm -hmm. I was convinced and I had so many I was at the doctors so much and they had did so many tests and they were like there's not a blood clot in your leg and I went on for like a year and I was obsessed with it and I was convinced and I wouldn't sleep and I would cry about it. And I was just like, wait, I was just like, well, I'm just going to die like and any th- day now. Do you think that you were looking for something tangible that you could connect your anxiety to? Definitely. Because yeah. for me, I remember I did all these tests. It was always with my stomach. I yeah. never felt well. And I was cameras up, cameras down, yeah. cameras everywhere. And when I came out of the um, the procedure and they're like, no, everything's fine. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, t- I want something to be wrong because then mm, I would justify yes, why I was feeling yeah. this way. Because if it's not, yeah. then it's just, are you just going crazy? Yes, oh my God. <laughs> and you feel so stupid. Yeah. And it was such a, like when I was young, it was just such a, you know, you know, oh, I was just a hypochondriac. Like it was just kind of like... Just brushed off. Yeah, and um wasn't really taking that seriously. And I felt, and I knew that it was annoying. I knew that every time I went to my doctors, I knew that they were like, for fuck's sake. Here she, she comes. Yeah, here she is again. <laughs> but like I was convinced like I wouldn't have gone there if I wasn't convinced and it was I mean after doing some cognitive behavioral therapy Mm -hmm. later on kind of around the leg the leg era um (laughs) she kind of helped me realize that I was just living in this loop of like you know you of feeling you know feeling depressed and fit when you get depressed you feel kind of highly sensitive and you look for something to be wrong physically that you can maybe control because if you are depressed and then you find out that you've got some kind of illness you can take steps to fix that illness mm-hmm. whereas some, with something like depression that's not something that you can quite so easily fix like yeah and did you have much awareness of mental health issues yourself as a teenager would would you have known about anxiety not as a not as a teenager no because we just didn't talk about it you just didn't talk about it and people who ever kind of expressed any kind of issues were just kind of written off as being attention seeky and, mm. and I think with women as well like we we belittle our own emotions a lot because mm-hmm. we've fed this idea that women are just hysterical and emotional and hormonal and <sighs> yeah. you know you 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 cry about something and people are like oh she on a period or whatever <laughs> and like so you kind of downplay mm. your feelings a lot and I think I did that definitely and did you did you talk to your friends and family at the time when you were when you were feeling this way about anxiety? Did you say, look, I, I always think that the worst is going to happen or I'm worried about my health? Or did you just internalise it all? No, yeah, internalise it all. Yeah. And at um, what point did it did it get to a point where you said, I have to acknowledge this now? Did it get really bad? Yeah, it did. It got bad when I was about to, when I was in my last year of university, which was the first time I ever saw a counsellor about it because I was... And it was, and it was, you know, my friends at the time were like, you should really see, because a friend of mine was seeing a counsellor for, for grief because she had just lost her, her gran. And um, she was like, mate, you should see a counsellor. Like, it's great. And I always, I'd associated counselling with, you know, oh, I don't need counselling. Yeah. Like, it's for people who have real problems. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have any real problems. And she was like, no, listen, it's like for 
everyone like everyone can benefit from going to a counselor like everyone can benefit from talking about counselors have to have counselors yeah yeah Yeah. and um and I think because it was my last year of uni and I had absolutely no idea where I was going what I was going to do I knew I wanted to be an actor and I didn't know how to do it I didn't get into drama school the first time around so I just felt completely lost I had absolutely no control over everything over anything and um it was just I was overwhelmed with with it and I went to I took my friend's advice and I went to see a counselor and she was she was cracking I think she was called Barbara Barbara that's amazing because often people they're always asking me can you recommend a therapist and I can't because it's so personal Mm. and it's like you kind of have to speed date them almost you have to go and you have to pay well you don't pay for dating obviously but (laughs) you you go and you have you know maybe a 60 pound session and after it you're like well I barely scratched the surface and I don't know if they really got me and then start again so it's very hard and it's amazing if you get lucky on the first go yeah so Barbara helped you identify it she did yeah and she was she was exactly what I needed at the time because she was quite stern I remember and she was like she kind of wouldn't have my um because I'd be like oh you know I shouldn't be feeling like this you know everything's fine I shouldn't be Mm. and she'd be like stop fucking saying you shouldn't be feeling things like you can't like compare your pain to other people's like you feel this way because you feel this way like just deal with it rather than trying to the more you try and smother it yeah the harder it's going to get and did you find a lot of people saying things to you like, oh, think about how much worse off it could be and you've got everything yeah. going for you, which is obviously just so not helpful. Yeah, I mean, it, that's not helpful a lot of the time. But I, I do try now and kind of use that sort of thread mm. to to help myself rationalise because sometimes I will, as we all do, I will be anxious about I mean I'm anxious about literally fucking everything (laughs) but like the smallest things which to me feel like the end of the world and when I'm having a really anxious episode where I'm really I don't know freaking out about something which to somebody who doesn't have anxiety is really small and manageable I do kind of have to take a step back and try and look at it with their eyes and Mm. go hang on a second is this the end of the world yeah is this going to matter in five years is it going to matter in one year or you know I I do think for me and this isn't the same for everybody mm. but for me I do find it helpful to look at the bigger picture absolutely but without belittling the yeah. way I feel and still being understanding with myself and being like it's totally acceptable and fine that you feel this way but let's look at the bigger picture let's look at yeah that's you know, the key though is to be able to step back and think okay asking yourself will this matter in five years is mm. a brilliant thing to do because mm. very little will matter yeah um and but also not veering towards being really self-critical and saying you should be feeling this way shouldn't mm. be doing this just yeah. it's it's actually you're just producing more cortisol which is you've got plenty of going on in your body anyway so do you find it you must be your own worst critic are you oh, yeah like I would never speak to another person the way I speak to myself I don't no, think you'd have no like, friends I'd have no friends <laughs> Uh, and would you look at something like your role your performance in sex education and be proud of it I think I did a good job um, I like I'm pr- really proud of the show and I love Lily so much and like I am I, I I would say yeah but I mean it's really hard to mm. watch yourself and yeah I, I, I can't watch myself without thinking oh, I could have done that so much better I should have I should have said this like that I should have done that I sh-. um, do you think that's common to all actors I think so yeah most actors I've met are fairly similar I've I mean I've rarely met anyone who's really confident with every piece of work they put out yeah. but then also time is a great thing because you know I did work three years ago which at the time I would watch and think was awful mm. and now looking back at it it's like actually that's not as bad as I thought it was like I kind of with hindsight I think you can give yourself a lot more credit yeah um and how did things change for you when you were in your counseling with Barbara and you said okay I'm an anxious person it's not my fault that I'm this way, but this is how I operate. Did, did you feel a weight lift off your shoulder? Did it make a difference? Yeah. Yeah, it was a big thing when she said about the whole, she said shouldn't, she like counted how many times I'd said shouldn't in one session. Mm. She was like, you've said that word like 29 times. Like, you you know, stop. Just, just you feel, you feel a certain way. Just take, take it, own mm. it. And that was really helpful. And with all the... um like cognitive behavioral therapy that I've had since then 
has just helped to kind of yeah identify a feeling and just not attack myself for it Mm -hmm. which is the main which when I was younger was such a source of so much more pain because Mm -hmm. if you're feeling a certain way and then you give yourself a hard time for it on top of it you're just like pushing your head down into like the dirt yeah and you can't get up for air whereas if you just say yeah okay I'm feeling like this and you just accept it and and sit with it Mm. it just yeah it does just take the pressure off big time I just I find it helpful to visualize if your anxiety is like a scared little child that Mm. needs to be reassured rather than be given out to and told it's stupid and then okay it's a little bit insecure right now for whatever reason the the amygdala the the anxious part of your brain is feeling threatened or Mm. or something is at risk and just like bring it along with you like bring it to your audition bring it to work that day and be Mm. like it's okay you're there I I acknowledge that you're there but you can still perform and function and get through the day for me instead of trying to not feel it at all that was kind of the key How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you realized, okay, I'm dealing with anxiety and, and it all kind of makes sense, did you feel then you had to explain that to your nearest and dearest and your family and friends? Because for me, I think it was one thing for me to understand it, but I needed other people to understand it so that I didn't have to justify yeah. it or explain it. Or if I'd say, look, I'm feeling overwhelmed, they wouldn't be like, what? Why? I need, I, I felt pressure for someone to reflect back on me that it was made sense and it was okay for me to feel the way I was feeling. Yeah, I... At first, I don't think I really did. At first, I still kind of kept everything really close to my chest, uh, just, I guess, out of more, you know, more anxiety mm-hmm. of how people are going to perceive your anxiety. Yeah. Or, and it's only really been recently that I've really started to to just say it. And um, particularly with um, social anxiety, because I I struggle with that really badly and rather I'm trying rather than um being in you know social situations and thinking in my head like oh come on Tan like speak more be louder be funnier be more like her or more like Mm. him rather than doing that and I just try and say because sometimes I'll be sitting in a group or whatever or and it's just I'm just uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. I can feel that people are uncomfortable talking to me because I'm so uncomfortable and I'm so anxious and Sometimes and it's just easier to just go. I'm really anxious right now. I'm really socially anxious. So like, yeah, I'm sorry. And I've done it a few times on like set where I've just on different jobs where I've just like had to kind of separate myself. And, and you just normalize it by putting it out there. Yeah, and just going. I'm not. I'm not rude, and I'm not yeah. being a dick. I'm just really socially anxious. So and does that? Do you then feel less socially anxious because people are like totally accepting of it? Yeah, definitely because. 
um, there's a, I think there's, there can be such a misconception that, um, because as well, because I'm very introverted and I'm very quiet as well, mm. I sometimes just, you know, will be by myself. I won't kind of, if I walk into a room, I won't announce myself. I won't yeah. go over to someone and be like, hey, I will just kind of wait awkwardly in the corner mm. until someone approaches. Um, and I think that a lot of people can think that that behavior is, is rude or um, whatever, or that you're being stuck up and that yeah. you don't want to... Little do they know. <laughs> yeah, and it's just not that at all. So I found it easier rather than forcing myself to try and be somebody that I'm not, to mm-hmm. try and be really extroverted and loud and chatty, which I'm just not. I just find it easier to just lay it out there and be like, hey, guys, I'm really socially anxious. Yeah. So really sorry if you have an awkward chat with me later. <laughs> <laughs> but that's such an annoying misconception. And in my second book, um, which should be on the way to you, by the way, the oh, two yeah. books uh, with your agent, and they're posted on Monday, Um people assume that to be extroverted means to be confident or that Mm. confidence is like a personality trait. And Mm. what I've found, um, like I would consider myself a bit more, a bit of extrovert, bit of introvert. Like Mm. I, I, I can enjoy being around people, but then I get to a certain point where they take energy from me and I charge introverted and, I can be confident in what I'm doing, but not necessarily confident like as an umbrella term. So yeah. you can be confident in your in your skill as knowing Lily and playing Lily if that's what you're doing mm. at the moment. But it doesn't mean you're you're you have to be an extrovert. People yeah. can be very extroverted and really unconfident. Yeah, and very confident and completely introverted. Exactly. Yeah, and that's just and that's just like an ignorance. I think that people yeah. think confidence is something you're born with, but yeah. it's, it's a skill. And, and it's and it's the a thing with actors as well. I think that a lot of people assume that actors are really confident yeah. and really lively and chatty and whereas actually so many of us are not like and there's um a common misconception that um and it happens all the time like you hear stories people will say all the time like oh yeah I met I met that actor once and he was an asshole like I said hey to him and he just smiled at me or like he wasn't very chatty he kept himself to himself like he's such a diva and you get you hear stories about actors being divas or stuck up or mm-hmm. whatever when actually, like, they're probably just quiet and shy and not, like, the life of the party. Yeah, but that's people fair, that's just true. assume that you... Yeah, actually, because in fairness, I used to, in my previous role, I would have come over here a lot to London and interview mm. people for junkets mm. all the time. And I sat in front of everyone from Justin Timberlake to... Uh, oh God, everyone, like yeah. literally everyone. Wow. And, and and you'd come away feeling if they were a bit like quiet or like standoffish, I'd obviously think it was my fault, first yeah, of all. Yeah. And then think, oh, like, why can't they, they're being paid to be here. Why can't they just be nice? But know, it never, yeah. never entered my head that maybe they're just shy. They're just shy. And that's, because I've done that before as well. I've met people and like thought, oh God, like what's their problem? Yeah. And it's only now that I've been in those situations where I've been like in either interview situations mm. or like just at, social events or you know even on set mm-hmm. where I'm just like so just so quiet and it's not because I'm yeah. an asshole it's not because I'm rude mm-hmm. it's just because I'm quiet and I've had people I've had like someone that I worked with ages ago say um you know you don't you come across as really like up yourself because you don't really because I because I had lunch in my trailer one day because I was feeling particularly particularly anxious and there was a lot of people on set and it was a new job it was like my first day and I was it was I was doing like a day player job you know where you go in for like one episode and Mm. and um and I was just finding it all very overwhelming and so I just had to be by myself at lunchtime and he was just like you know it's really rude that you don't come and that's so interesting yeah I never would and it was like oh my god it's not rude I'm just and I want to wear it makes me want to wear like a t-shirt when I'm at parties or like, didn't want to come yeah, just like no just saying like I'm not rude I'm just shy yeah slash anxious yeah you know well you must have met a lot of very like-minded people through acting because I imagine we said like a lot of people who act probably have a propensity towards anxiety and I, I also think that people who are very anxious tend to have very vivid imaginations and mm. are, I'm gonna say very intelligent mm. and creative people so has that been a source of comfort and support to you in knowing that you're yeah. I mean I presume the actors that you've worked with have their fair share of insecurities as well. And that's something that you guys can bond over. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. It's, there's nothing like working with actors, especially actors who are really, you really respect and admire and have looked up to for decades. And um, and, and see, for them to yeah. say, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. I, um, for them to show their vulnerability yeah. is just, I think if we all make a bit of an effort to be 
allow ourselves to be more vulnerable. Yeah, just but that's that's the thing with acting is that you like you being vulnerable is such a key part of it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be vulnerable. That's what they kind of spend years bashing into you at drama school. Is yeah. you've got to be vulnerable. You've got to let all your guards down. So I think that's why it does attract so many anxious people because it means that you're you're sensitive mm, and yeah. you're vulnerable which means you're that's like a that's yeah. a you know that's so much of what makes up a an actor's makeup. yeah and even I suppose like you know you could win an Oscar and then you could go to your next gig and feel out of your depth in that mm. or you still have to be you know at the standard that the director wants or maybe they have a spe- specific thing in mind mm. so like you the whole way through being an actor you'll always be open to being vulnerable and having to change and be critiqued and mm. it's just part of it I suppose as mm. well so there's never it's, it's never a sure thing no you're which, yeah you're always just putting yourself out there mm. in a way that you kind of you don't have that much control over um like because you don't pick what takes they use or whatever and you're dressed and they put your makeup on and you're kind of just out there for the world and you're never going to be not like you're not and you're never going to be everyone's cup of tea yeah so like you kind of have to let go of that needing that need to please people that need to it's satisfy kind of everyone. good training then as well for anxiety is to put you into that deep end of it to, mm. to have to get used to being accepting of yourself as yeah. you are the way you are not needing validation from critics or whatever yeah and when you think about your career your future I don't want to make you feel anxious thinking about it, <laughs> but when you think about okay well I would assume like most actors want to get in the big movies the big what we all see the Hollywood stars getting to does that do you have to kind of reconcile that there'd be a trade-off then with being at that level of people recognizing you and also then the anxiety that would go along with everyone wanting something from you or expecting mm-hmm. something from you or people just knowing you is that something that you want to go towards uh well I I don't really I just always kind of um, think of, I just want to work and I don't really mm-hmm. think too much about, you know, the scale of the work. Yeah. Like I've never really been like, oh, I want to be in Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> I just don't really. I just kind of want to, as long as I'm making work that's interesting and I'm playing people that are interesting and versatile and stuff that I enjoy, things that I find funny or sad or, you know, stuff that moves me. Mm. Um, that's I'm how not, you measure your success then is, is to yeah, feel like you're enjoying it yeah it's things that I that just to produce work that like I'm proud of and have a body of work that's that's versatile and unique and so it's less for me it's less about scale and it's certainly nothing to do with with fame and I mean the having people recognize you or um, you know that kind of part of it is I mean it's it's not it, it's it's I don't know it's, it's a difficult beast and yeah. it's it is part and parcel of it if you you know if you if you are working that's what's going to happen and it's something that you just have to um accept and it is difficult for people like me who are um as anxious as I am because mm-hmm. you know i um, it's, it's it's lovely when people come up to you and say like oh I love your work or I loved you in that show or whatever it's lovely but it's still I you know if I see people if I'm sitting on the tube and there's people opposite me and I can and they're whispering and looking at me and, and you're I'm, thinking they're saying something bad I'm, yeah I'm thinking they're going oh there's a fucking weird ugly girl from that <laughs> show like she's such she's so shit like don't say it like I never think it's good and even when people come up to me and say like oh I loved you and whatever and I'm like oh thanks like two minutes I'll be happy and then I'll be like oh they were definitely lying they were definitely yeah. like they had a bet on with their mates or whatever like and it's just quite um because I don't like to be and so many actors don't like ironically don't like the limelight mm. you know um at all and I kind of unless you're in a unless it's you know in your work and you're in a character that's the only time I kind of want to be looked at whereas yeah you know and also is it hard I guess acting takes you to so many different locations where your comfort zone literally is disturbed Mm. all the time so do you have do you feel does that give you anxiety or are you sort of able to be feel homely wherever you go because for me that would be a big thing yeah it it can be like it's 
the um again it's like that lack of control thing a therapist mm. once said to me like you know your whole life is a recipe for anxiety <laughs> yeah. and depression because you you crave control and you have none of it like someone literally picks you up in the morning and at a certain time and they take you to work and you're told when to eat breakfast and someone else dresses well you know you have your pick you, out your clothes you pick yeah. out your clothes and people do your makeup and you're the only control you have is those moments when the camera's rolling and then the rest is you know you're you're in the hands of other people and um yeah you're you're sent off in random locations and I kind of I don't know I kind of like it um because it's still that still comes with a with a routine mm. you know like you're still you know that you're gonna go and stay in a random hotel for a mm. night and then you'll be on set the next day and it's like organized chaos yeah, yeah so I kind of like now I I feel like I just I know the routine of it and I know mm. as long as I've got like things to do and I've got like books to read and you know a pen and paper and well my journal and so you do you journal every night yeah not That's every a, night oh, yeah. but like I journal I've always journaled and like it's one of the most useful tools yeah. I think yeah um it's I think writing is like the best therapy now that you know that you're you go to the worst case scenario you're a worrier you're an anxious person but you still have many other amazing qualities I know we're just focusing on those ones right now do you think that you accept yourself now um, I'm working really hard to. I, I wouldn't. I, I um, I probably say that I've. I'm I'm getting there for sure. Um, but it's hard, and I have to kind of remind myself sometimes. Um, and I often like I still, you know, if I have a particularly awkward encounter where I've just been so anxious, like in a social situation or on set or something, I come home and I'm like, oh, I get angry with myself I'm like yeah. why am I so awkward why can't I just be like why can't I just be normal why can't I just mm. talk to people the way that everyone else seems to talk to each other like and it I have to kind of remind myself to go to to just not attack myself and I'm trying to um as everybody who's you know has anxiety or is and is working on themselves like you've got to make your mind a nice place to live in because mm. you live there forever and um and it's just a, it's a process and I'm I'm accepting myself as a big part of that but I wouldn't say I'm there but you're open yet. to the idea yeah <laughs> well, yeah I just yeah I want to be more like Lily like yeah I, um, amazing blueprint to to follow to be like her um, yeah. and you're working on a short film that you're producing yourself and that's yeah. going to explore anxiety yeah so I'm I mean it's in the early stages of development but um yeah I've written a short that's basically about um social anxiety in, uh, specifically um that's amazing yeah which is i mean it's a long process of getting it and um, hopefully people will watch made. that then and be like oh okay we guess we guess now why she doesn't want to have lunch with us or why she wants yeah, to stand in yeah. the corner like just refer to the short and you'll understand yeah exactly <laughs> um it's, it's definitely me kind of trying to vocalize what yeah. i find really hard to and vocalize. That, that's a coping mechanism, you know, for me with the podcast, um, with the books that I've written, as much as other people around the UK and Ireland and America have gotten on to me saying it's helped them so much. It started out as, and it still is for me, it's how I cope by, it's how I don't normalize it by having these conversations. And then I come away feeling, oh, I'm not the only one. Mm. I'm also, I'm so glad that, obviously I'm yeah. not glad that you suffer with it, but I'm glad yeah. that like, it's a common humanity that we all have. Yeah. So creating something and being, being able to channel your anxiety and what you're experiencing through something like a book or the, the short film that you're going to make is just the best use of that energy, I mm. think. And I think people will respond so well to anything that's you being, showing what we all experience. And I can't tell you how many messages I get from people saying that I've articulated almost word for yeah. word what they've gone through and yeah. you really do think you're the only person yeah that's such a characteristic of anxiety to feel that you're on your own yeah and people just don't talk about it because it's uncomfortable and they don't want to yeah. say it but I guess I'm at the point now where like I'm very comfortable with the fact that I'm an anxious person yeah. and I have no problem saying I'm not going to that party I'm feeling overwhelmed yeah I guess I've put myself out there as that now and yeah. it just made my life so much easier really oh hugely but then at the same time you're kind of defined as like little miss anxiety yeah like I, I, <laughs> yeah I did an event a while ago um and 
I, someone asked, like, oh, it was a Q&A at the end. And someone said, oh, I have, a, I have a question for the anxiety girl. And I was like, oh, is that what I am now? Great. But look, I take the good with the bad. I want to ask you before, I know you have to head off to an audition. Um, what do you do these days to make yourself feel a little bit better if you're feeling anxious? What are your go-to techniques? Other than my podcast. <laughs> oh, of course, the podcast. <laughs> um, I would say I uh, writing is a big big thing like even if it's just journaling um just getting it out of my head and onto paper just makes everything seem so much more manageable um so that's a key also reading fiction just like escaping for a little bit Mm -hmm. for a couple of chapters um I find super super useful um do you bring CBT elements and exercises into your writing like kind of challenging your thoughts yeah definitely definitely I um a really useful thing that I learned in CBT was to to do like a little uh, little grid where you write if you're having a thought which you know is irrational to write down the irrational thought as it is, mm-hmm. um, just as it is in your head, and then in the next column write a a, rash, a, a contrasting rational yeah. thought using evidence. Yeah. So like when I was younger and I was having the issues with my my leg and a convinced I had a blood clot I would write down like I I think I have a blood clot in my leg gonna die I'm gonna die yeah. immediately and then in the rational column I would say um well I've had these me- this many tests done that say that I don't have a blood yeah. clot what so evidence I is there to support yeah. your thought so things like yeah. that I find really helpful yeah. um and that's something that you need to do all the time like even though I've I've obviously delved so much into this I still have to be told like my husband says to me when I have a headache I ring him and I say I have a particularly bad headache right now and I'm just telling you in case I drop dead and you, you're wondering <laughs> yeah. why I'm just telling you it's probably an aneurysm about to happen so just just letting you know and he's yeah. like mm-hmm, okay because he's so used to it now and every now and then he's like have you been doing your CBT and I'm like no yeah because I'm fine but no, yeah you you never an expert it's on it so true it's so true it's such yeah. a skill that you should yeah. yeah so writing and books are the big thing for you yeah and do you still go to therapy I actually haven't been, I, I, I did go fairly regularly ever since I left uni, but I haven't actually been for a while um, because I feel like I've been, my um, therapist just said, like, we just got to a point and she yeah. said that you were, I was dealing with things really well and that I have all the tools from mm-hmm. what we had done in CBT um, to just kind of go at it solo, which I've been doing and... Um, yeah, I mean, getting on fine. Mm. I mean, I have a really great, great gang of friends, like a good support network. And yeah. that's the most important thing for me is just to be able to talk about stuff really honestly and mm-hmm. openly with with, uh, with people. And Yeah, well, once you can do that and you found yeah. your, your tribe, that makes the world of difference for anything you're going through. Yeah. And for anyone listening who I'm sure will completely identify with a lot of what you're saying especially with social anxiety which is something I haven't delved into hugely on its own is there any bit of advice that you've been given or that you would want to tell someone who feels under pressure to be like oh I need to seem like I can go over and have a conversation um I would say to just hmm I'm really putting you on the spot now no no it's a good (laughs) question I would just say it's okay that you're not that you you don't you shouldn't have to go over and say something like you can just take it small and you can just go over to someone and say like sorry I didn't introduce myself earlier I'm mm-hmm. just really shy or really anxious or whatever and that's just fine and the the world needs people like that yes. like we can't all be extroverted no. we can't all be the life of the party like we need the guys standing in the corner of the party waiting for an appropriate time to go home yeah. <laughs> like the world needs that the, the difference so and it was actually reading um uh Susan's Susan Cain's Quiet. Oh yes. Um a book on introversion that I read earlier this year which really changed my perspective on it and it just made me realize that exactly that that like oh my god like I don't need to be an extrovert. I don't no. need to change. I don't need to be loud. I can just be anxious. I can just be quiet mm. because it's just who I am and it's not changing anytime soon. No, so just, just work with it rather than work against just it. Accept it. Yeah. Um and what can we look forward to seeing you in next? Oh God, probably uh, probably next would be, um, I guess, season two of oh, yeah? Sex Education. And what about Emma? Oh, oh yeah, is that happening? Am yeah. I allowed to say that? Yeah, Emma. I think so. With Bill Nye. Yes, and I um, mean that's not Amber Anderson. 
Um, yeah, that's not. I mean, we've literally just finished filming. That, okay, so that's that not for a while. That wouldn't be for a while. But um, yeah. Oh my god, I'm so delighted to have had this time to sit down with you. You're oh, a breath no. of fresh air, and it's so reassuring to know that people who you see on the screen, who you hold up as these perfect people who don't feel anything <laughs> that you're actually a human being which I know already but it's just <laughs> nice to be reassured that we're all no matter what people are doing if someone is a librarian or if someone is you know winning an Oscar we're all the same we're all going to the same thing we all yeah. have the same insecurities and we're all in this together so yeah, oh Tanya God, thank yeah. you so much thank for you. giving me your time I've just loved chatting with you and you're amazing Aw, thanks man thanks thanks Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access a full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.